Week 7, it is the Fantastics Fantasy Preview, Episode 53 of the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. Dan Claskins, James Adams, we're back with you. We're here all season. We're here in the offseason, too. You want to subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple, Google, Spotify, name a few, and, of course, insiderfootball.com. That's where you can get us and all the tools to win. And catch James and myself every Saturday of the season, Sirius XM, Fantasy Sports Radio, getting you ready there. And here we are, Week 7, and... James, uh, welcome back here into the pod. Missed you Saturday, but uh, you were Lady Luck for FC Cincinnati. So Skeeter did a good job there, and you brought home a winner, my friend. So nice job. Thank you, and it was a good time. I appreciate everybody helping me out and letting me be a part of that uh, that team first and team history. So um, appreciate it. But, uh, you know, Dan, I was also certainly keeping an eye on the NFL. As uh, I was happy to be able to listen to games on the drive home because it was quite a treacherous drive. Not really treacherous. That's the wrong word, but you know, just tedious maybe is a better word when you're coming home on a Sunday wanting to watch football, but instead listening to it. I know. I know. It's not bad to listen to on the radio, better than some of the golf stuff you try to get me to listen to on the radio when you got a golf sweat (laughs) going on because nothing against uh, the radio, but uh, golf's not the best thing to listen to on radio unless you're trying to fall asleep. But either way, let's just dive into what we've got to talk about today. As always, we'll hit our weekly waiver wire recommendations here for you. We're going to run through at least some of the injury news going on and certainly take our first sneak peek at week seven and talk a little bit about that Thrive Fantasy slate too with our week seven prop parlays uh, or prop bet picks we make here. And speaking of Thrive, you can enter for your chance to win $20,000 on Thrive Fantasy. Thrive's featured player prop contest for week seven, $25 to enter, $100,000 guaranteed, $20,000 to first place. And there's often serious overlay for grabs. You can do this. You can do it all. Sign up. Use the promo code FANTISTICS. Receive a 100% instant deposit bonus match. Visit ThriveFantasy.com today. James, before we get into our injuries and all the buzz kills and you know, take a trip to the waiver wire here, We've got a couple things I want to hit on. One, last week by week started. This week they actually get pretty bad. We'll talk about that in week seven. So, but the only thing else to consider besides, you know, looking ahead to the schedule in your bye weeks is how it impacts trades. Now we're getting to that trading time. You're getting some owners that are a little desperate in your league. You're getting some owners maybe looking to fine tune for that championship run. Uh, what words of wisdom you offering up out there in terms of assessing what makes sense even for trade offers for a fantasy manager? I mean, first of all, understand what kind of league you're in, redraft or dynasty. Like, nobody's rebuilding and redraft, so a whole bunch of nothing that might be something in two years doesn't do anything. So know your trade partner. Like, if you want to get a deal done, don't start with the worst possible offer you could come up with. Start with something that makes somebody on the other side of the table Say, oh, okay, I'm willing to talk to this guy. I'm willing to have a trade conversation versus some of the, some of the uh, trade pieces that I get, you know. And you're just like, well, this doesn't even this doesn't spark my interest to start a conversation. So you certainly want to look there. I mean, Dan, I'm in a couple of two copy leagues, and I was actually offered a trade for a player I already had. I'm like, come on, dude. What do you? I mean, not only did you look to see if I needed receiver, and I told the league I'm looking to like play for now. Uh, so the guy offers me Julio Jones, which I'm like, okay, that's a play for now player. It's not, but it is. I already had him on my roster. So be aware of what your, your, your trade partner needs. So be, be 
part of one thing I learned in communication theory, Dan, taking my college education to finally do something here is communication is a two way street. Make sure this trade is a two way street. Make sure that not only what you want is going on, but what your trade partner wants too. So that's probably my biggest beef is people that are just like blindly firing off offers and they don't make sense to the person they're firing them to. Very interesting in all fronts there. And uh, lots of things I think I would totally put the rubber stamp on myself. At the end of the day, just remember, value is in the eye of the beholder. And I think often uh, there are some discrepancies in what values are, but it's another thing altogether just to be ridiculous about it. I mean, Mm -hmm. especially in competitive leagues, it doesn't hurt to start with a lower offer than you think is your best offer. I mean, that's just good dealing. But Correct. uh, There's a difference between starting low and starting with gum off your shoe. I will say for those of us that play in several leagues, it gets a little hard to really get active in trading. Back when I just had a couple leagues to manage, it was really easy to be strike up deals and more focused. Now it's like, oh, it's Tuesday. I got to hit these leagues waivers. Oh, man. You know, it's like a routine. And uh, so I would just say for those of you out there that do play in probably more than a few leagues, you know, figure out the ones that are the most important to you and really try to focus on, is there a way I can improve my team here via trade? Because often uh, it just takes time to strike a deal. Sometimes it's just sending the offer in the computer isn't the same as, you know, sending a text and dropping some other things. And it takes a little work to get some deals done sometimes, especially on different types of leagues you might play in. But either way, James, if we're going out there right now, I mean, trade 101, buy low, sell high. couple different uh, ways to strike this. But you never want to get rid of a guy when their value is at its lowest, i.e. Kyle Pitts. I mean... The dude, wait till he blows up for a week or two. And if you're still not sold, then you can sell him back, right? But a couple guys out there right now. We're midway through the regular season in fantasy. Is there a couple guys that are popping on your board maybe as buy low candidates, struggling players that you think still got a shot to turn it around? You know, I'm thinking of a couple of names. I mean, one one guy that popped up to me was James Robinson, who started off very hot and then is, you know, really taking a back seat here recently to Travis Etienne. We assume he's healthy. And if I'm buying low, I'm buying low. I'm buying as low as the price it costs to get him on draft day. But I'm looking at a couple matchups late where it could really come into fruition uh, as a good move for you is Detroit in week 13, Houston in week 17. Um, so I've been looking at kind of some stuff like that. I was really excited about Carson Wentz's playoff push for that same reason I mean you'd be buying him incredibly low right now but if you could somehow I mean I don't even know if he's going to have the job in six weeks when he comes yeah. back but a player like that who I was looking at going okay I'm happy to have him on my bench so he was a player that certainly came to mind for me uh I'll tell you one that I've got in my eyes uh, a player I've identified at receivers Chris Godwin I mean the whole Bucks are struggling right now. We know mm-hmm. Godwin's a little slow off this injury. To date, I mean he's wide receiver seventy right now in non PPR formats. I mean, dude still hasn't scored a touchdown, but each week he's getting a little better. And I, I do think that the Tampa Bay offense will definitely get better than we saw last week. Gosh, Dan, I don't know, man. I was telling you how I thought they were going to destroy Pittsburgh and come out and look I like. I get it, but you know all too well. I mean, Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh has a gets a up. trap. They show up. It's in Pittsburgh. I mean, oh, you're right. I'm not you're sitting right. here telling you I think the Bucks are a Super Bowl team. I'm just saying Chris Godwin is better than wide receiver 70. And I think coming off a dud game, I mean, that's the peak of buy low, my friend. Um, right now, there's more questions about Tom Brady in the entire time he's been with the Bucks and unretired at least. So 
for me, I mean, Godwin is just too talented. You could probably get him for not a lot right now. And that that's quintessential. The, the triple things there of, all right, uh, first of all, not doing very well, so value's low. Secondly, a ton of talent, especially a younger guy, right? I mean, he is coming off of an injury, so there is concern, but that's all the reasons. Those are things that get him to where his value is this, right? I mean, we could go after DJ Moore, but I'm not as optimistic there, James, unless he gets <laughs> traded, right? Yeah, right. I do believe in the talent, but the team's a wreck. The quarterback situation's brutal. We know DJ Moore has got more in him than this, but unless he gets traded, it's not going to turn around. At least in Godwin's case, I mean, Tom Brady and the Bucks. I mean, there's a lot more chance that they're going to figure it out than in that latter example. So. And even if they don't, Godwin's going to get his targets in a PPR league. You're, I mean, I'm absolutely with you because he's a player I drafted a ton. And, you know, the little bit of setback was no uh, no fun. But I'm totally with you right there. I think what about a player like Najee Harris who has a decent playoff matchup? Not playoff matchups, but even though like the last eight games or so come off by, they'll have a couple tough games. He's a player who had been yeah. really disappointing. Now, I get it. Jalen Warren, Warren's been good. But he was a player. Daniel Jones, another player, too, I would look at as uh, he's kind of ascending. I like Daniel Jones. I liked him coming into the season. Yeah. And he, he, he's not he runs the ball a little bit. Elijah Moore. This guy hasn't been targeted in a couple weeks. Mm, I'm not sitting here no. telling you he's going to win your league or anything. But here's a guy. I love the talent. We know Zach Wilson and him have connected in the past. The Jets are playing good. Part of the reason he didn't have any targets last week is because for the second straight week, they've gotten up big. They're too good. Yeah, Garrett Wilson was actually the Jet. I would. That's not going to last, though, right? I mean, I like Wilson. I like more. I know that Davis is getting a snap, but again, you're going to get this guy for next to nothing mm-hmm. right now, and the yeah. talent is there. So those were the two receivers, guys outside the top fifty at the position. Uh, you know, as we as we sit here and look at the season at to date, that I think at receiver could be a big difference. And then I had a couple running backs that I think fit the bill as well there, James, and. You know, I think the running back position is one that's so fluid that often you could get these values of guys that we never even heard of, uh, Deion Jackson, right? <laughs> uh, but to me here, it's more about some of maybe these hyped-up rookies that haven't performed yet that are intriguing to me. James Cook, the fact Sant- uh, Zach Moss was in a – I was trying to say Santana Moss. That's, that's embarrassing. Uh, Not the, really. Just the, you've been around a lot. Yeah, I'm old. I'm old. I'm showing my age there. Uh, but the fact that he Moss was inactive last week, uh, they're getting more confidence in Cook. I know it's not necessarily a huge thing, but Cook, Rashad White, Isaiah Pacheco, it's just a matter of time, James, before these guys get more and more involved. So those rookies that haven't taken off quite yet, mm-hmm. yeah, those are the running backs I'm interested in the most. I was thinking that with rookies, or with rookies, duh, with receivers, hence the reason I mentioned Wilson, but, you know, whether it's London or uh, another one of these receivers, Olave, that isn't hit, hasn't hit the ground 100% running, but we've seen some flashes, I mean, that's what happens with rookies. So, yeah, my whole thought on that with, with rookies, not even running backs, but all, all rookies, I mean, even Greg Dulcich, who looked decent, yeah. although that passing game looked abysmal after that touchdown, rookies who have now maybe started to get acclimated that you can take a reach at and, and owners who have sat, sat around on them in six weeks are starting to get tired of their lack of production on their bench. So yeah, rookies as a whole, it's a great time to target them after the, 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 the honeymoon period is over and now they're, they're NFL players. One more by now running back for me, AJ Dillon and the Packers are broken. I, I mean, I, Aaron Rodgers is all over my dud list and all of our preseason stuff. So I'm not all that surprised by the struggles with the weapons around him. 
But dude, Dylan is going to be better than this. And I think as it gets colder and colder, he's going to become more of a factor. Dylan's a guy right now that's hard to put in your starting lineup in, and when there's no buys or anything like that. But if you can get him in a trade cheap, I mean, this guy could end up being a hammer when we get into the heart of the fantasy playoffs, when the weather turns cold on the frozen tundra of Lambeau. Unfortunately, the leagues we're in together where I have him, I cannot trade him because it's uh, no trade leagues, but I'd be offering him because it's been, he's an, he's an impossible start for me. So from the other side of the fence, I would be willing to give him up. Yes. Okay. Fair enough. Any other players that you think are players to get rid of now Why the getting's good, or maybe it's only going to get worse type of situation. Uh, well, Darren Waller, who's not playing and not really giving you anything, if you could buy him low, he does have that, you know, can't sit tight end pr- promise in him. And if you don't have to pay a lot. So he was one more. And then Allen Robinson, I mean, we finally saw something from him. Maybe this is the time you can move him if he can be moved. Yeah, I definitely could get behind that. I don't think there's any really quarterback that's overachieved. I mean, Geno Smith maybe would be uh, a guy. But that everyone if, sees it. I mean, yeah. you're not going to get anything crazy. Yeah, that's not nothing there. So there's not really a lot to discuss on the buy or sell to me at the, that position. But I'm looking at running backs right now, people that are really performing well that maybe won't last. I mean, gosh, I've doubted him before the season. I'm not doubting him as much anymore, but it seems like Miles Sanders' value couldn't get much higher. And I still won't trust him, so I would move him. But he is, I mean, in that win against Dallas, it was Miles and it was Jalen Hurts running the ball. He's legit. Uh, I've always liked his talent, but I just don't, I still don't trust that offense with Jalen Hurts running for whatever he ran for this week. No, he hadn't run for a ton, actually, this week. I know, I know. But I think that's something to look at. Uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, I mean, his value is plummeting each week, but he's still RB13 right now. So he plays. Something to consider there, but those are a couple names at the running back. And then at the receiver position, I think for me, uh, you know, players that are near the top are doing really well right now that I'm still maybe not that convinced on. I don't know that there's not really anybody that's popping out entirely for me, James. But uh, I would say that, you know, if we're talking about Geno Smith sell high, maybe it's Tyler Lockett time to see what you can get for him. Why it's going so well. Noah Fant was the leading receiver this week for them. It wasn't Lockett or Metcalf. So you bring up a valid point there that you can't sell high on Geno, but you could sell high on Geno's pieces, and that would make some sense. Yeah. The key is is if there's a player that you don't believe in, they have a really good week, that's the time to move them because mm-hmm. your, your opinion shouldn't change that great off one performance if you've already reached it. I agree. We'll talk more uh, players to buy and sell on this week's SiriusXM show as well as part of our Twitter question there. But James, let's get into some of the other normal things quickly, just real quickly here since we talk some trades. Let's look at some of the biggest injury news by position, uh, really at the quarterback position where we always start. It's Carson Wentz. He suffered the fraction finger on his throwing hand and yet another Thursday night dud of a game. Oof. And uh, it did look pretty bad there as he was trying to get feeling back in it. Taylor Heineke technically second on the depth chart, but with Washington once again on the way to nowhere, Sam Howe, the youngster, it's more than likely that sooner rather than later, he's going to get a look here. Neither's worth picking up uh, in one QB leagues and super flex. Any quarterback comes available, obviously he's in the conversation, but this offense is sputtering, James. I mean, if you take away that Lions game, the, even the passing offense, we were all so excited about those first couple of weeks starting to lose a little of its luster. So I don't know. I mean, the commanders are such a b- offense that's struggling here, but I don't see, like, in terms of 
all the ancillary pieces, Heineke switched from Wentz really being that big of a difference at this point. Nah, I mean, after it's been it's been ugly the last couple of weeks. So you're absolutely right. Uh, although it was good enough to get the win on Thursday night. Yeah, I'm not worried about any of those pieces because I wasn't in love with anything going on, right? I mean, maybe Brian Robinson is going to change up this offense a little bit too as he emerges. But yeah, I mean, Terry McLaurin wasn't great, so can't get any worse. Yeah, uh, can't get much worse. And here's the thing about Heineke. If you're in a super flex or a two-quarterback setup, especially as we get into the thick of these buys, I mean, this is a guy that – with those weapons around, and the weapons are better than ever before, he, I mean, he could get you 15, 16 points. I mean, it's not that far-fetched. I mean, he's going to put something on the board. He's uh, gritty. He'll, like, run for first downs, too. Yeah, I mean, it's not, like, hopeless. So, I mean, he's worth a look in those multiple quarterback setups, especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the Steelers situation, I mean, t- Kenny Pickett with the concussion protocol, with the in- additional layers of that concussion protocol now, I mean, I would say his Week 7 uh, status very shaky at best here. Pittsburgh on tap for a, another uh, pretty big game here. It's a Sunday night game. They'll be at Miami, and Mitch Trubisky likely, I would assume at this point, to start. James, uh, Trubisky didn't look bad coming in against the Bucks. Actually helped seal the deal there. I mean, he had flashes early, but we all know he's still Mitch Trubisky. So uh, the matchup here, though, at Miami, the Dolphins, the D is, is we know it's talented, but it's had some lapses of its own mm-hmm. and with Pickens and Claypool and Deontay Johnson. I mean, Trubisky or Ty- Taylor Heineke, if you're prioritizing a, a desperation grab in a two QB on a bye week league, like I am in my couch potato football now where I got cousins and hurts both on a bye. Which one of these guys should I bid higher on? Trubisky. Um, because you want him for this week only, and it's Trubisky. I would rather have him for this week yeah. and in this I, I'm only talking week seven, bottom line. Trubisky. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. If I needed it multiple weeks, Heineke would certainly probably uh, – it's close enough where i take Heineke over Trubisky if I was looking at it for a, a few-week view. I'm not sure his job security is all that much there, too, with what you said with Hal, though. Yeah, I think he gets one start. That, yeah. so in week seven, I'm with you. I like Trubisky a little better, too. It seems to have a little more certainty, and I think they got better weapons. And he can run the, the ball, too. Let's not forget, he's a good football runner, too. Yeah, and you're looking at the Miami matchup, but we'll get into the matchup. So just the total. In that game, it's 44. In the Washington game, it's 41 and a half as they host the Packers. So running back, uh, we're all watching Jonathan Taylor. He didn't suit up again this week. In his absence, along with Naeem Hines and concussion protocol, Deion Jackson blew up the universe. Uh, James, Taylor, with this injury, was pretty close last week. I mean, I think he's on the right side of questionable heading into the beginning of week seven here. If he's back, Deion Jackson, I mean, he has looked pretty good. I mean, certainly worth keeping on your bench, but is he even in the flex consideration? I wouldn't think so. Um because if Taylor plays, you're you're basically hoping for a re-injury um, or he's playing and not nearly full go, which would be hard for me to imagine they would do, given how good Jackson's looked. I know it's a big uh, division matchup, but I would think if Taylor is active that you cannot play Jackson. Yeah, J.K. Dobbins not looking there good either. Uh, his knee tightening up on him. Didn't play in the second half against the Giants. Uh, you know, it doesn't look like it's – necessarily uh, any news flow out here yet to give us idea if this is a long-term issue with they're being safe but it's not a good sign based off what he's coming off of here and what's more interesting here is we have gus edwards about ready to come off of the ir himself and it's either going to happen this week or next we know uh 
the Ravens on Thursday night football next week. So that's going to be a real quick turnaround with Dobbins and his knee. If even if he has this issues, I don't know, James Dobbins has looked good. He looked good there for a couple of games, but this is concerning news. And I would definitely, we'll get into the waiver wire in a bit. I mean, Gus Edwards is a guy I'm interested in at running back for a stash right now. I guess. I mean, Kenyon Drake looked great, but then he was borderline, like not an NFL player anymore previous to this week. I don't know who you want. I tell you what, you want the Baltimore Ravens starting running back in this matchup because Cleveland's had a terrible time. I like her. Gus Edwards way more than Kenyon Drake. I, I think mean, for the long term, I would totally agree with you too. I just, I, I like this matchup a ton this week. And who is going to be the guy this week? Yeah. Kenyon Drake again, only ten carries. It's not like he went. You know, it's not like he he, he was a ball hog for twenty five carries. Let's talk about this uh, situation in Arizona at receiver. Uh, not good news with Marquise Brown suffering a serious foot injury initially reported to be season ending. Now they're talking about six weeks and so maybe there's a chance he gets back for the fantasy playoffs. He's been pretty solid Hollywood thus far in his Arizona debut. They also will be getting Deandre Hopkins back. I expect him in action here on Thursday night as the Cardinals host the saints. We'll talk about that matchup in more in depth, but that's a huge plus, but then they trade for Robbie Anderson, who we all saw what happened to him and, Carolina, and I don't blame Robbie Anderson for wanting out of that mess. I mean, I'm not saying I agree with the way he did it, but hey, man, more power to him. He's actually, not that Arizona's not a train wreck in its own right, but compared to Carolina, uh, definitely a better place to be. But let's shake it out from just a fantasy perspective here, James. I mean, Brown, what's your optimistic outlook that he's still somebody that's going to be a fantasy contributor even when the, you know we get further down into the season here what's your thoughts on Hopkins and his return and with Rondale Moore back and his role and AJ Green still there I mean what if any value might Robbie Anderson have when the dust settles here I'm not interested in Robbie Anderson I'm not interested in like if you've got Hollywood Brown I think he's borderline ready to be cut and um, I, if you got an IR, obviously, no-brainer, IR stash but if correct. you don't have that IR spot it becomes tough especially as these buys start to pick up well, let's assume, I mean, I'm. what am I assuming? If it was thought to originally be season-ending, I'm going to guess he's out the next six weeks before they hit their bye week in week 13. So in week 14, you're going to put him back? In week 15, they play Denver, whose defense has looked great. I mean, at this point, there's not a tan- – I, I have no interest in Hollywood Brown's uh, ability – not interest, but no, no belief in his ability to be a part of – the fantasy community again this year. And the problem is he was great. He was a ball hog. He was a fantasy asset. I assume DeAndre Hopkins now hits the ball, the ground running. Um, there is rapport with these two already. He's not coming off injury. So you would hope that he's fully ready to go. Uh, Robbie Anderson. I mean, what makes you think Robbie Anderson's all of a sudden going to be great? I guess here's the deal. If you could like go, if you have a best ball league where you could acquire him, I actually play in one where you can do trades because of Kyler's ability to throw it deep. Maybe he has a, a game that pops. I don't ever see myself playing Robbie Anderson. You're going to play him this week against I will say the only positive thing about Robbie Anderson is I do have him as like my wide receiver six and several best balls. Uh, this helps him. So I was happy to see this trade go down when I, you know, at the end of the day, because it was look, I mean, not that I'm saying I'm hoping for anything, but I do think he gets an uptick in fantasy value. I would agree with that. Ago. He does. There's no question about that. Yeah. 
So I'm with you though. I'm not really interested in season long. Uh, Hopkins is the one that is interesting because how good can we expect him to be? I need him to be really good in a couple spots where I've been stashing him because I've got some three and three teams that are real happy to have him right now. He's one of my favorite players over the last decade. I don't know what he's got left in the tank. Him and AJ Green are definitely on the wrong side of their yeah, but he's so much got way more left in the tank than AJ. I agree. I agree. I'm just saying right now this receiving core, I mean, it's Zach Ertz looks like a kid. Plus, he's, well, here's the thing about D-Hop besides all that is he's well-rested. I mean, yeah, whatever it is, I mean, for somebody that is on the other side of 30. Uh, Should this, be healthy, right? The PED's yeah. got to make him healthy. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's all juiced up. He's, he's rested. <laughs> I mean, he's feeling pretty good right now, at least he here to be. start it out. So I'm, I'm ready to bust him out in my – I got two season longs where I've been stashing him, and in both cases, as it should be, suspended players aren't eligible for IR. So I've been burning this roster spot in week seven buys. I needed him. So uh, I think other, you're firing him in. The only other injury, just a quick note I'll make here, Cameron Braid, I mean, what a terrible thing. Glad to hear that wasn't as serious as it looked, but a sprained neck, not good here. And Kate Otten, a guy that uh, we were talking up here, I've, I've been tracking all season, um, got him in a couple deep spots. I mean, he should be at it right now across all leagues. We'll get into that as we transition over to our week seven waiver wire report and just going through, you know, all the recommendations out there and what have you. I mean, James, um, there are a lot of interesting names on the waiver wire this week. Is there any must have player that would top your list? I mean, right now, I think my, again, when I'm looking at waiver wire, I'm assessing my team. So no, I don't think so. I mean, you bring up a Gus Edwards. I don't know if he's must have though. Um, Latavius Murray and Kenyon Drake. They're both sitting out there Uh, on most waiver wires. And I get, I'm not that excited about either, but we saw Murray uh, really take a step up in that backfield. And maybe it's Melvin Gordon was more hurt than we were led to believe, or maybe they're just sick of he, Melvin Gordon. And he fumbling. said he was fine. Melvin Gordon, I listened yeah. to an interview of him very upset after the game. Not upset. Like, he was he was calm and cool and collected. And he was a, a he lot was of fantasy managers were upset. I mean, he was supposed to have a <laughs> revenge game, you know? And, and, and some of us that were desperate enough to play Mike Boone didn't get it either. And that offense is terrible. So the fact there's three of them. But Latavius Murray... A hot name on waiver wire this week, as is Kenyon Drake, for the reasons you mentioned. I'd rather have Gus Edwards than Kenyon Drake if I'm looking at it for the long term. That's just me. Uh, I I would rather have Baltimore's offense than yeah. Can we just Denver's draft offense. Baltimore running back? Yes. Uh, but no, I mean Latavius Murray, Kenyon Drake. I'm not really interested. Alec Pierce no. was probably picked up in a lot of leagues last year yeah. uh, week, but he is still probably out there in some shallow spots. So clearly, he's a must-have at receiver. Even in standard leagues, at this point, he's got to be on roster. I mean, outside league. of him at receiver, I mean, I guess if somebody cut Allen Robinson, there'll be people scrambling to pick him up. Most people were just Hopkins, benching him though. Wandale Robinson was a guy I saw was coming back on Sunday morning last week. I was like, I didn't get out to enough leagues to check, but he's a guy that's interesting because nobody else is available receiver. So I think his ceiling is so high. I also like Daniel Bellinger, the tight end from that Giants offense in a team that frankly is uh, a lot of people aren't buying into, but I'm starting to. Yeah. Bellinger's a player I've been picked. I've picked up and been starting and it was basically like, Hey, I know he has a floor of four targets anyway, because as you just pointed out with Wandale Robinson, I mean, we haven't seen Tony. We haven't seen much from Galladay. We haven't seen Shepard now in a couple of weeks as he's out for the yeah. year. Like they're just dropping like flies. So um, you're looking for uh, a, 
a couple of receiving options to just supplant some of the the workload off of Saquon Barkley. And I think those are some good pieces right there that you're looking at. Guys who are hungry and who haven't been part of this Giants like kind of blah season after season either. Yeah, definitely interesting there. Uh, in terms of some other just notes, I think uh, Malcolm Brown, that we didn't even talk about the Cam Akers situation, James. Yeah. Uh, Cam Akers, what's your take on him? How are you handling him if he's on your roster? What do you think his future is? I mean, I think his future is in the NFL. They'll find a trade for him. Somebody will probably be interested in I'm him. I'm not so cutting him anywhere. I'm not cutting him it, this week. No. I'm not cutting him anywhere at this time. I need more information. I think if you cut right, him. That's fair. I think if you cut him, it's a mistake until you know more. Uh, because I'm convinced that it's not. In, I mean, I think he showed me enough that I'm not as concerned with the Achilles as I am just him getting behind a good line and having opportunities. Well, and whatever the reason that's caused the the rift. Yeah, we don't know and enough. And running, he's he's got two. I mean, so I'm unless I'm in a desperate situation, I'm not cutting him. You can't trade him. You just have to sit on him. In terms of Daryl Henderson. I don't buy into him as the long-term option. I know he's probably the best back in this backfield right now, but he, he just can't hold up. The workload into this line sucks. I mean, Henderson's a guy I might be shopping right now more than being excited about having. But Malcolm Brown's interesting as a waiver wire pickup where you're paying nothing for a guy that could end up being the goal line back here. Yeah, and I mean, I'll hold out hope with my rookie shares of Kyron Williams as well that he can make yeah. a return to this team. But he is a rookie, and he's missed a lot of time. So Yep. Absolutely. Being, you know, I mean, I do like the idea. I'm not arguing about stashing him on IR spot. You got open if that's a possibility, but you're, uh, I don't know. The Rams, a team that just not looking great right now. Let's be honest. I mean, if yeah. they could play, I the- wasn't buying into the running game already. So now we've just shift players whose talent level is lesser, and I'm already not buying into their running game. So yeah. I'm not that interested in Brown. Like Williams, I'm only interested in because I'm already holding on to shares, not because I believe it's something to go out and, and take advantage of. Is there anything else uh, of note to you on the waiver wire at the key positions? Nah, I think we've hit them all. I mean, just be aware of the bye weeks and, you know, again, you know, make sure that. If you can play a week ahead, so that you don't have to overpay Fab for bye week players once they become high priorities. Yes, I would say on the defensive streamer side, a few obviously the Broncos. I don't know if they're still out there, but uh, they were last week. I think you gave was that the, your team last week? Uh, I can't remember. He said whoever uh, you said last week. I was thinking they it was a really good call, but maybe I'm off a week here. <laughs> It might have been. I don't know. I did say that if they were out there, they're still good, and the Chargers were banged up. Yeah, and I mean, not that they did all that great, but I mean, they definitely looked pretty good there. Uh, do you have a streamer D that's out there this week? I mean, what about at the this Giants point, that they're still out there versus Jacksonville? At this point, I'm kind of flipping the coin on the Jags and the Giants game because the Jags were a defense I was holding on to, and I'll still use them. Yeah, they gave me minus um, four last week in my one Minus league. five in KFFSC, yeah. yeah. How you like that? Um, I would say the Jets really put on a show again now, and they showed me something. I don't know. You know, against the Broncos with the way the secondary played for the Jets, they've got to be in play even though they're on the road. The Packers on the road at the Commanders with whatever. They're going to have a quarterback. I'd say they're in play too. The Um, Titans against the Colts. Uh, I mean. I tried that last week. It didn't work. (laughs) No, it did not. Going against the Colts, so. Well, yeah. Jacksonville, I know those those <laughs> AFC South matchups. If you once you actually get them right, you that's when you you know it went wrong. 
<laughs> That's pretty much true at this point, yes. <laughs> All right, so there you have it, the waiver wire. Uh, let's move along to what lies ahead here in week number seven, and we'll start Thursday night. New Orleans at Arizona, the Cardinals, a one-and-a-half-point favorite of total of 45 in this contest. And, James, obviously we're going to see can New Orleans get some of their players back from health, right? We were still seeing if Andy Dalton's the quarterback, obviously – uh, we are expecting that uh, Chris Olave probably returns from the concussion protocol. We came close to doing that last week uh, against Cincinnati. So you've got Olave back, Michael Thomas, none of these other guys I'm really holding for my breath. I think on the other side of the ball, we already hit on the headline here, the return of DeAndre Hopkins. Unfortunately, it comes at the same time. They lose Hollywood Brown and Cliff Kingsbury. looks like a more of an idiot to me every week. And it just isn't working in Arizona right now. Do you have any optimism that the Cardinals can get rolling here at home? The total's 45, but this Saints D is pretty good, especially if they can get some of the key Pro Bowl defensive players back they were missing a week ago. I have no optimism, no. I mean, I just don't believe in Kyler Murray, uh, quite frankly. Um, I will say the one thing about this game maybe worth noting is if the situation at quarterback stays the problem for the Saints – you best be firing up Taysom Hill in every tight end spot you got come Thursday night. Yeah, well, the other th- injuries we're going to have to watch, too, is the Cardinals running back situation. I mean, we know Williams mm-hmm. and Connor missed last week. Now you got Eno Benjamin with a foot issue on the injury report today. I mean, it could be Keontae Ingram and Corey Clement time. <laughs> so, anyway. Or Kyler just runs for another 100, gets you some good <laughs> fantasy points, but they only put up nine on the board. With four games on, t- uh, four teams on by, the Sunday slate's a little tight, but uh, a little light, but we have seven one o'clock Eastern kickoffs Detroit, Dallas, Indy, Tennessee, Green Bay, Washington, Tampa Bay at Carolina, the Giants at the Jags, Cleveland at Baltimore, and the Falcons at Cincinnati. The Bengals coming in there, James. And, you know, looking at these things, just quick headliners. I mean, the Dallas and Detroit game, another one where injury reports are going to be fun to monitor. I think all expectations are is uh, there's a good chance Dak Prescott can get back in the mix this week. That's what the hope is here. We'll see if it indeed comes to fruition. On the other side, goodness, can the Lions please have DeAndre Swift back? And can Amon Ross St. Brown actually be back and get catches this time around? Well, they won't have that Patriots defense of Bill Belichick shutting them down. It'll be a little different. Oh, and the Dallas uh, D isn't daunting? It is very daunting, but it, like Belichick knows how to shut down your best player, and Amon Ross St. Brown was that, especially with DeAndre Swift out of the game uh, in Week 5. So, no no doubt about it, though. The Dallas defense is outstanding, but I think in this Lions matchup, uh, St. Brown, you still play, and I'm looking forward to playing some Cowboys or figuring out which Cowboys to play down the road outside of C.D. Lamb in that receiving core. Green At least Bay, figuring it out. Green Bay and Washington, uh, a real snooze fest there. One of the lowest totals of the week at 41 and a half. And James, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, there's fantasy managers out there that drafted him to be their starting quarterback. I mean, at this point, I don't think he's broken 17 points, but once all season, can you even consider him in that conversation? Matchup's supposed to be good. <laughs> yeah, I can consider him, but I don't want to turn to him. I think what you're looking at with Aaron Rodgers is certainly a player who does not have a ceiling, and I think this still probably yeah. turns into an Aaron Jones and game. So your Scott Fishbowl quarterback too. He's fine though. He's because he's okay of his there. Accuracy, yeah, that's correct. <laughs> I told you that's how it would work with that scoring system. Let's get to Tampa Bay, Carolina, and get through it quickly. I mean, do the Bucks? I mean, we keep saying the Bucks get healthy game. The Bucks get healthy game it was supposed to be last week. It's supposed to be against Atlanta. It hasn't happened yet. Is this it? 
Give me the 11 points, dude. My goodness. No! How are they going to get healthy? They stink. The Bucks stink. Tom Brady looks frazzled. His life is unraveling. He does not look like a good football player. Like, dude, I was amongst many other people who said it's over five years ago and look stupid, and I said I'd never say it again. God, dude, it's over. I mean, it's just over. The end of the road comes for everyone, and Tom Brady does not look good. He'd look a lot better if that offensive line looked better. I'll say that. Sure he would. So would Andy Dalton. So would everybody. The Giants, the Jaguars. Uh, you mentioned your James Robinson love. Travis Etienne has been the hotter hand of late. And James, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, the way I'm just watching both of those running backs with my eyeballs, I don't think it's even close. No, the only reason I'm saying get Robinson is because Etienne has looked so good. Robinson may well be free, and I think there's going to be weeks where they could both be good usage. I still think Robinson can pound the ball at the goal line, but no doubt about it, Etienne has looked good, what, now three weeks in a row? Yeah, he's definitely definitely looking like what I thought he would, uh, and that's a good thing. Cleveland and Baltimore, I mean, this one, the Ravens are at home at six and a half. They just lost on the road to the Giants. Lamar had some mental breakdowns. I don't know. I think I think the Browns are overmatched here, James. Their defense has some question marks to me, some injuries as well. I like Baltimore, and I think they cover the six and a half pretty easily. Not easily, but they'll cover it. I think this will be a fun football game. I'm not willing to say that I like a side. I don't know if I would lay the six and a half, man. Who day playing Atlanta? I thought this was going to be a cakewalk, but the way Arthur Smith has these Falcons playing and the strength of their team right now, that running game, and the Bengals without DJ Reader can't stop it. So, mm-hmm. James, uh, this is a game that does scare me. As a, as a Bengal fan, I'm going to be there. I don't, I don't know if you are or not, but I'll be there. I'm looking forward to watching it, the Bengals. Obviously look good in the second half against New Orleans. That's the first time all season that we've seen this offense sort of look like the offense that made the run in December and in the playoffs. I expect that this might be a high-scoring game, actually. Um, And I'll be honest with you, my first thought after the Falcons um, looked good again this past week was, oh, this is actually maybe good because we're not going to see Desmond Ritter. A thing I feared as a Bengals fan is Desmond Ritter getting his chance to play for the beleaguered Falcons, which they are not, and uh, making you know one of those rookie memor- memories again. Yeah, well, I'd rather see Ritter at this point, that's for sure. But uh, instead, we'll take a good team here. I will say from the Bengals' point, I will be watching that injury report. And uh, you know, I think a big thing here will be Logan Wilson injuring that shoulder on that defense. And if he's out and readers out, Oh man, this uh, trouble it, stopping the run. Last this week. Atlanta running game gets interesting. Mariota will definitely be a player that be an interesting start. The jets they're looking as good as any team in uh football. These last few weeks, I really have enjoyed watching them. They get a team. that's just looking just the opposite here. And the jets are getting three. Uh, give me the three, give me the money line. The jets are going to beat the Broncos. James, From a fantasy perspective, Brees Hall, is this guy, everything is advertised? I mean, I'm kicking myself for not having more shares of him because of where he was going in drafts. But James, I think he's a top 10 RB the rest of the way and a a flat-out league winner where he fell to you in round four. You might well be right. This Jets team looks better than I thought they would be across the board. And I'll tell you what, I think this will be a very interesting game. And the 39.5, at least that's the total I'm seeing. Yeah, are we going under. Are we going under that? Uh, forty-two and a half is what it uh, was when I checked this morning. I'm not looking at the live feeds. If it moved that much, I'd be surprised. But <laughs> perhaps I that, could be looking at a different place than you. I'm looking at thirty-nine and a half. 
either way, it, I, I do think the Jets win the game. That's what I'm interested in. Houston at Las Vegas, not a lot to talk about here. I mean, Vegas coming off the bye. We'll see what they look like. Houston as well. I mean, Damian Pierce, probably the only thing there. James, probably one of the biggest busts of the season thus far is Brandon Cooks. And I'm not sure it's going to turn around. I actually think you could stream Mills and Cooks as a play this week. So I think this is one of those weeks where it goes. Now, you're streaming Mills in desperation, not because you think he's got a huge ceiling. But this is a good matchup for him. We have Seattle at the Chargers, and uh, this one's interesting. The Chargers favored by seven. Herbert definitely looking a little bit better. But when's Keenan Allen going to get back? Hopefully this week. I think that's what the Chargers offense is really missing right now. But, hey, they haven't looked that great, and they're four and two. So, mm-hmm. and that defense is certainly good. Seattle, they continue to surprise me. I'm not going to badmouth them here, but I do think they're a little overmatched in this one. Not saying I love the minus the seven, but I definitely think uh, they have an uphill battle. I might like getting the points with Seattle. I'll still play Walker in this matchup. Uh, and don't be surprised if we miss Keenan Allen one more week because the bye week in week eight for the Chargers. Now, that depends. Do they want to see if they can ramp him up and then give him a week off or what? Who but knows? If he's ready, I think mind. he's ready at this I agree. point. Kansas City at San Fran, the Chiefs three-point road favorites here, and they should be the way this has looked. And Jeff Wilson, oh, my God, one of my many duds this week. I do think he's still yeah. going to get the volume. It just he had the fumble. They the got behind. I wouldn't panic too much. Uh, I don't think anybody else on the roster is going to overtake him at this point. Uh, for at least the bulk of the carries. Uh, so I still think he's viable. But, man, where's Debo Samuel been with his special superpowers of late? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. But, yeah. wait, Jimmy Garoppolo was the quarterback last year when it all happened. So I don't know what to tell you. Well, there, George Dan. Kittle's been looking good. His, his uptick is g- going better, so that's promising. And for the Chiefs, I mean, it has just been impressive to watch Mahomes spread it around. I know they lost to Buffalo, but this is a nice bounce back here. I think it's going to be nice fantasy days for – for uh, many on that team. The two primetime duds, don't want to talk a lot about them because I'm already going to waste too much time watching them, but what a disappointing (laughs) slate here. Pittsburgh at Miami, the Sunday night game. The Dolphins a seven-point favorite, totals at 44, and the Monday night thriller. This uh, will be a good reason to go to bed early. Chicago at New England, 39.5 the total there. The Patriots, eight-point favorites, and James. Mac Jones is probably ready to come back, but they might not want him back. That's at least been Boston Sports Talk Radio this week. My former Hilltopper, Bailey Zappi. I mean, it's Bailey's world up there right now. And, you know, the thing is, is like they're putting points on the board. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't. Here's the deal. The Bears stink. I wouldn't rush Jones back at all if you thought you didn't need to. Um, And here's the deal. What's going to be more boring? Monday Night Football or the 1985 Super Bowl between these two teams. <laughs> You're right. This had to be more interesting than that, unless you were you know, wanting to the Bears fan, maybe. But I will tell you this. The Patriots, uh, my uh, buddy Pat Thorman uh, tweeted this out. Patriots are top 10 right now in offense in total scoring, points per play, total yards, yards per play. And this is despite a shuffling offensive line, injuries to RB1, tight end two, and a second-round receiver, and starting a fourth-round rookie quarterback. And James, this is all an offense that took a lot of criticism because mm-hmm. Joe Judge and Matt Patricia and the whole thing that was there, and you know, I still criticize, but you got to admit, I mean, they're averaging 7.3 yards per passing play right now in the league. The only team better in the entire league right now is the Buffalo Bills. So 
that is pretty crazy to think about when you look at their offensive statistics and then specifically the passing statistics. A lot of surprises there for me. Absolutely. I mean, the Patriots worked the Browns last week, um, worked the Lions the week before. Maybe the Browns just aren't that good. Maybe I'm making, uh, you know, maybe I, I thought too much about their roster at certain points, but you can't deny what the Patriots have done when I would have probably guessed them to be third or fourth best team in their division. They're hanging in there right now. I don't know if they're a playoff team, but they certainly leaving themselves an opportunity at this point. All right, we're going to wrap up this podcast episode like we do every week by playing a little fun game over at Thrive Fantasy. You can play over at Thrive, too. Remember, use that promo code FANTISTIC. So get you up to 100% deposit bonus, up to 100 bucks, And then you go play in the free games, including this week's guaranteed $100,000 payout, $20,000 the first. It's just $25 dinner. You can get on it at thrivefantasy.com each week, all season long. James and I pick games off this main slate and uh, four different props each. We've been doing it all season. James, you got the best of me last week. Uh, you went three and one to my one and three. Uh, so congratulations there. That moves your season overall record to 10 and 14. I fall to 12 and 11, just hovering above 500 here. And more importantly, you've cut that points race down to 110 points. I'm at 840, you're 730. So after uh, a few rough weeks, James, you're right back, bouncing back here. Last week, you got correct. Marquise Brown over 64 and a half receiving yards. It was 68 receiving yards. I ended up betting it in a parlay at 70, and it was mm. the only one I lost. So God hurts, you got the over, I got the under because I got in it late. I got burned is what it was. You got A.J. Brown under 79 and a half yards. He had 67 yards and a touch, so not a bad game. And you got under 84 and a half yards on Dalvin Cook. Though that was your ice pick. Didn't get any points for it. He had 77. The only game you missed was Jamar Chase, and you said it last week. If you're wrong on this, you'd be a happy man. And I am. You had under 70 and a half receiving yards. Of course, we all know he was wide receiver one last week, 132, two tutties and his return to his hometown there, beating the Saints. I got Josh Allen right on the over two and a half passing touchdowns. I missed on Tom Brady by a half a completion, under 24 and a half completions. He had 25. So I, I did predict him playing like crap. That that cost me a cash. I, I had two that were that close. Oh, I know. Aaron Rodgers, I missed that too. I had under 232. He had 246, but he still played like crap. So I was on the right line of thinking with both those quarterback unders. It just... I played both of those. Those were my two close ones that I missed, uh, or I would have had a nice cast. And I missed cash. the Chubb touchdown. So they look like <laughs> crap. I wasn't expecting it to be that bad for Cleveland. All right. So let's get to this week. Forget about the week of last. You won. You won. So you get to go first this time. Let's go with Tyree Kill. You get 81.5 total receiving yards. They get Pittsburgh, who I think is still a bad defense. And it's going to be in Miami, so they won't have that big crowd to help them out. Give me the over for 110 points for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah. That was on my list, too. So, nice call there. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, James, let's go and uh, look at, you know, I want to play it safe here. I want to play it safe. I do like this bet quite a bit uh, on Justin Herbert. Two, 282.5 passing yards. More is I'm going 115 points here. So it's a bold one, but I, I like Herbert to have a big day. I think we just talked about that game. I think it's going to be on the over. I like it to be a higher scoring affair. So I'm going to go Herbert at home here to throw for over 282. And I'm mostly, in, it's right about at my projection, but I, I'm intrigued by the over, or excuse me, the 115 points it offers. I get you. Um, you know what? Because I'm going to take a chance on touchdowns here. 
Um, this isn't something I feel great about, but George Kittle against one of the other big tight ends in the league, Travis Kelsey, in a game that might have some points, KC at San Francisco. I get 120 points for going over the half a receiving touchdown for George Kittle. So I will take my chances with the 120 there. All right. So over 120 on what was it? Kittle's receiving touchdown. Oh, the receiving touchdowns. I see. I'm. I was thinking 120 yards were when you first said that. I was like, what are you talking about? I don't see that one. <laughs> sorry, it's been a long day. And, and, I'm sorry, Doug. And that's good. That's good. You're going to get the receiving touchdown. He's he's due for one. That's for sure. I'm going to go here uh, myself, and I'm going to take C.D. Lamb as my next pick under the six-and-a-half receptions. Uh, I do think he's going to have a solid day. That's just a little too much. He's got to get seven catches. I don't think they're going to need it. I think Dallas will – win this game pretty handedly and they won't have the need to throw the ball late that's my theory I kind of agree with you there I'm okay with that one I'm gonna go with uh Russell Wilson two and a half total pass TDs plus interceptions I guess I'm hoping he doesn't throw any touchdowns um I'm gonna go less it's even money either way 100 Russ Wilson's looks so bad but I don't know if he can look bad enough to get me three interceptions. Dude, I'm going – you said he thinks in a high-scoring game. I'm with you. Atlanta at Cincinnati, Joe Burrow over 279.5 passing plus rushing yards. You know Burrow is always good for about 10 or so on the ground. I think he gets to 275 through the air. I like it this week, James. And it's 105 points, which is the deciding factor. Yeah, I'll use that one. And, uh, now I believe I'm on an ice pick here. Ice pick for you, Mr. Adams. Uh, it will be Mr. Adams, right? Devontae Adams, it's against Houston. I think both teams are going to put some offense on the board because I just think this is like one of those games that gets high scoring. Neither team looks great, but neither defense looks great. Give me over 89.5 total receiving yards. That gets me 110 Dang. points. Dang, I actually marked that one as under. It wasn't high on my list, but I like the under there. But I'm not going to bet it. I guess we never done that before, but I could technically – go opposite of you on this player, the same player, if we were on a different side of the bet. But I got one I like better, so it's not going to happen here. I'm going to go with my ice pick. It's only 80 points, but I think it's pretty likely because, well, I've been watching him do it every week. Trevor Lawrence will throw a pick, 80 points, mark it down, help my overall standings here. And hopefully I don't have to use the points anyway. So that's it. That's all the time we've got for this podcast. James, uh, enjoy watching the soccer. Obviously, Thursday night, we'll all be rooting for your team, FC Cincinnati. And definitely be sure to catch James and me when we're back on Saturday mornings, every Saturday this season on Fantastics Insider Football over on Fantasy Sports Radio. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Until next time around, I'm Dan Claskins. He's James Adams. We'll see you next time here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. <laughs>